0: Good morning, guys. It is good to be with you again this week. Um, Pray that you've had a good week. We had a great weekend. We spent with our kids and grandkids and uh, back at another week. So thank you, you guys who are going to access and listen today. Um, I appreciate it so much. I want to talk about courage today. Courage. What does it mean to be courageous? You know... God's been dealing with me a lot really recently about this area of my life. He's calling me to be courageous. See, God wants us as his people, as his men and women, to be men and women of courage. So if that's the case, what is courage? What does it mean to be courageous? Well, in the dictionary, the dictionary definition of courageous is dealing with anything recognized as dangerous, difficult, or painful instead of withdrawing from it. So basically, courage is not not being afraid. I think a lot of times we think of courage, we think of somebody who isn't afraid, okay? I mean, they're... They look at this situation and go, oh man, that's no big deal, and they just rush into it. That's not really courage. I think that might be called stupidity because there are some things that are difficult. There are things that are dangerous. There are things that are going to cause us some pain in our lives. Courage is facing those and not withdrawing or running away from those things. So courage is not not being afraid. It Courage might be, at the very core of it, being afraid of something, but knowing that's what God wants you to face and go through and knowing he's going to be with you and being willing to go through it and not withdraw. Now, in the first chapter of Joshua, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. In fact, in verse 7, God tells Joshua to be very courageous. Now, why does he spend that first chapter, and and in that first chapter of Joshua, he tells Joshua to be courageous several times. Why Why does he spend so much time in that first chapter of Joshua to tell him to be courageous? Because Joshua was facing a very difficult and dangerous and even potential very, very hard time in his life potentially painful, potentially dangerous, and it certainly was going to be difficult. I mean, first, Joshua is taking over for Moses. Moses, the guy who had led these people for 40 years, he was the one who God had used to do the miracles to bring them out of Egypt, and he had been the the spokesman for God to these people. He's the one that God gave the, the law to, to give to the people. So Moses is this unreal leader. Excuse me, and he's been there for forty years, and Joshua has watched all of this, and now Joshua's got to take over for him. you know that would be very intimidating. and so he tells him, be courageous because he's telling Joshua the same God that was with Moses that that worked all of those things in and through Moses' life is going to be with you. but then Joshua is going to lead the people into the land but the land is occupied. There there are other people there who don't want the Israelites to come in to that that area of, of the world, and so they're going to oppose them physically, so they know they're going to have to fight battles. So Joshua is facing a very dangerous, a very difficult situation, and God is telling him, don't be fearful, be courageous. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. See, He's not going to abandon us. God will never leave us. God will never abandon us. God's love and acceptance of us is not based on our goodness, which, apart from him, we don't have any, by the way. No. It is based on who he is and what he has promised and what he has done. See, not only do I trust who God is through his Scripture. Through Scripture, I come to know who God is, and I believe it, so I trust who He is. I see the things that God has done in the past, okay? Not only in the Bible, but in my life. Several years ago, I was, I won't say challenged, but I was kind of taught or I was, I was led to to do spiritual markers in my life spiritual things that happened that God did that I kind of put a stake down in and said, yeah, that's God at work. And I have those in a notebook. And every once in a while, when difficulties come and and there's a little bit of uh, opposition to what I know God is wanting to do in my life, or even when I'm reluctant to do what God wants to do, I go back and I look at those because they remind me not what God did in biblical people's lives or in other people that I know, but what God has done in my life. And then I read in scripture those things that God is promising in the future to do, and I can trust those. See, God's love and acceptance is a done deal. I don't have to earn it. It's there. And he will not ever not love me or not accept me. You know, when people say, Well, you know, Joe, I've done some things in my past. I don't know where God can love me and accept me and forgive me. Yes, he can, because he promises to do that, and he will fulfill that promise. So raise the roof and remove the walls is about living on the truth that God will never abandon us, that he is there always for us. In Joshua 1-7, God tells Joshua that he can be courageous because when he obeys God's word, and does not turn from it to the right or to the left, he will be successful. See, my abilities, my intelligence, my charm, my good looks are not what brings me success. And those of you who know me well go, no, it's not any of those things because you don't got a lot of them. No, it's, it's not about how good I do things or how much intelligence or experience I have or even the, the gifts and abilities I have. No, my success and your success comes when we obey God's word and give him the glory for the success, making it his success not mine. God created us to glorify him and we glorify him through doing good works. And when those works are successful, which when we do them in the, in the will of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit, they will be successful but they're always going to be according to God's word. That's how he directs us. So it's not going to be then my success. Look what I've done. Look how I've grown this church. Look how many people I've reached for Christ. It's going to be his success. I glorify him in that. So raise the roof and remove the walls is about believing God's word and living in obedience to God's will. I read God's word. It speaks to me. I believe it. And then I go out and through the power of the Holy Spirit, put what I believe, my faith into works. That's not Joe. That's not you. That's Jesus at work in your life, empowering you through the Holy Spirit. You know, we are told in in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, that we're we're to look not to temporary earthly things, but we're to look to God. Because it is God who gives us both the desire and the empowering or the ability to do what pleases him so god puts his desire his will in my life through the holy spirit using the word of god and then he empowers me to live that out but i've got to cooperate i've got a desire to do that now many times over the years god has directed me to try new things you know as as a youth pastor and then as a lead pastor i couldn't just sit and go through the motions. I couldn't do just what was already being done because there were new ways that God wanted to grow our church, grow the ministry, reach out to new people. So he directed me to try new things. And almost in every one of those situations where God was moving me out of my comfort zone, I initially hesitated. I initially said, whoa, wait a minute, God, I'm not sure about this, okay? Because I knew that I could not do it. I knew I couldn't do what God was telling me to do. And I wrongly believed that success was based on me, and I didn't want to try knowing I would fail. You see, I hate to fail. And I can't use that word hate strong enough to convey how much I hate to fail. It's, it's one of those things that many, 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 many times would stop me from doing what I knew God wanted me to do because I would think in the back of my head, what if I failed? Because then failure defined who I was. Instead of letting God define who I was, I was letting the fact that I might fail define who I was. So what God has been showing me is that success is not based on me. It's not based even in me, but it is based in Jesus. In fact, any success I have is based in Jesus alone. I can't go, wow, look what I did. No, it's look what Jesus did through me. That's why I know a lot of people used to get frustrated with me. Particularly, I had one guy in my church who get frustrated with me because he'd say, boy, that was a good sermon or or that was really good. And I would say, give the glory to God. And one day he came by my office and he said, you need to quit being so humble. Now, if he knew what was on the inside of me, he would never have said that because in the inside of me, it's going, yeah, I did that pretty good, didn't I? I said, listen, my success, anything that that I do that touches your life, that really truly impacts your life, that is not Joe, that is Jesus. And he needs to get the the glory and the credit for that, okay. So I know I'm not very courageous about sharing my faith one on one. Oh, I can I can do this in front of a, a a tablet or a computer or telephone. I can stand up in front, I can stand up in front of hundreds of thousands of people and teach the word of God. That to me is very easy. That that is sort of like a natural gift that God has given me. And so that never intimidates me. But to share my faith one on one with somebody, that has always been a pretty intimidating thing. But God dealt with me in that area of my life. I was in my office one day and our ministry assistant came in and she said, There's a family of four out here who would like to talk to you. I said, Sure, send them in. So we got another chair, got him situated, and I said, what is it that I can do for you guys? You ready for this? This is what they said. We want to know how you, we want to know if you can help us surrender our lives to Jesus. Now, folks, that's a no-brainer, okay? Even a person like me, not bold about sharing my faith one-on-one, can do it. When somebody comes in and sits and says, tell me how to give my life to Jesus. Tell me how to become a Christian. Tell me how to surrender my life to Jesus as Lord. Even I can do that, okay? Because I didn't have to make small talk. I have to, didn't have to do any chit-chatting. I didn't have to come up with some way to 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 move into talking to him about Jesus. It was just a direct, will you tell us how to do this? So when we put ourselves Available to God, even when He knows, man, this is scary for these people. This is this is creating. A, this is taking them out of their comfort zone. When we're willing to do that, God will come and He will He will give you something like this that just is so easy, and you go, "Wow, that was that was easy. That was that was really powerful that God did that for me." Believe that God will do that in those lives when you're willing to admit, "Yeah, I'm." I'm I'm fearful in this area. I'm weak in this area. I'm turning it over to you, Father. Then in Joshua one nine, God tells Joshua to be courageous and not to be terrified or discouraged because God was with him, literally. Now, what he means by that is, Joshua, you're going to go into battle. You're going to take the, the Israelites into battle. And this isn't the strongest, most powerful, most courageous group of people in the history of the world. And so guess what? I'm going to be right there with you. See, when God tells me to do something, and my first response is, "Ah, I don't know about that, Jesus. You know, are you sure you want me to do that? My reluctance says more about what I believe and think about God than what I believe and think about myself. Moses. God comes to Moses, right? And he says, hey, I know you've been wanting to be this leader and this deliverer for your people. You've seen your oppression, and now it's come before my attention. I've heard it, so guess what? I'm sending you back so that you then can deliver the people out of bondage in Egypt. And Moses, you know, his first response, he begins to make up excuses. Oh, I don't talk well. Well, What if they ask me who you are? I mean, he comes in with all these excuses, and we know excuses like armpits. Everybody's got a couple of them, and they stink. Moses had a lot of them. And God finally just says to all of those excuses, Moses, I'm telling you this. I'll be with you. Let's go. See, Raise the Roof is about trusting in the person of God and the power of God. First, we have to trust in the person of God. We've got to believe that God is who he says he is, and then that God can do what he says he can do. You know, why do you trust the people you trust? Well, I think there's two reasons we trust the people that we trust. One, we know the person. We know their character. We, we, we know what they've done in the past. We, we know them as a person, and we have come to trust them as a person. And then we trust their ability. Uh, give you an example. You, back in December, we began to have problems with our, our heater. The pilot light was out, And there's instructions on there on how to relight the pilot but neither my wife or I are good at things like that. But we had some friends who were so gracious that every time it blew out, they would come over and they would relight it. And we watched them do it. We we watched how they did it. And then the last time it blew out, we, my wife and I, relit the pilot. Why? Because we had watched people do that. Okay? We trusted them as people. They had knowledge. I knew they had knowledge, and then I watched them do it several times, so I knew they had the ability, and in watching them, they, in a sense, taught us how to do that. We trust the person of Jesus, and then we trust his ability and his power. In 2020, Jesus taught me more about trusting him than I think at any other time in my life, certainly in any other time in those 40-something years of ministering in the local church, pastoring a church through something our nation had never gone through before. And, and the different weird things that our some of our government leaders were making us as the church do, not knowing from one week to the next what we were going to be facing, having to use technology that I had never before used just just to communicate with my faith family, just to keep our faith family together as a family was sometimes almost an overwhelming test. But God not only got us as a faith family through that period of time that year, but he grew us through that year. And I came away from 2020 going, I never want to have to face that again. I never want to have to go through that again. But knowing what God did was literally a miracle. Our giving went up. We were able to reach new people through technology. And God placed in our, in our faith family guys who led me and mentored me and walked me through using this technology so that now I can even use it by myself, which is kind of cool. So when people would ask in the past what I did at work? And yeah, there are a lot of those questions. Exactly what do you do at work? You know, I would tell them I would go to my office and I just hang on to see where Jesus was going to take me in that day. You know, I really think we can do that on a day by day basis. I mean, you know, in Matthew chapter six, Jesus basically says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has got its own problems, its own issues, its own challenges. Just trust me day by day by day by day. Now, I know a lot of us like a blueprint, don't we? We we like that roadmap, okay? Today, this is what's going to happen the next day and just lead us. But he doesn't give us a roadmap. How did he lead the, the nation of Israel in those 40 years when Moses led them in the wilderness? Day by day. Cloud leading them during the day that pillar of fire leading them at night. We're told that when when the cloud lifted and began to move, then the Israelites moved with it. When the cloud stayed put, they stayed put. That's really what God is asking us to do. Only we don't have a cloud or a pillar of fire. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to day by day direct us to do what he wants us to do. Now, finally, in Joshua 1.18, God tells Joshua to be courageous because God himself will protect him and will protect the nation. Exodus 15.3 says, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The fact that God is a warrior and he fights for us, he fights our battles, is an awesome, awesome thing. I think a lot of people make God wimpy. I'll just be honest with you. You know, I grew up, came of age in the 60s, early 70s, and I think there are a lot of people who want to make Jesus kind of a hippie flower child. Now, Jesus is gracious. He's loving. He's merciful. He's compassionate, but he's also holy. He's also righteous. He's sovereign. He is an all-powerful God, and so when anything opposes us as his people or anything opposes his will, He's a warrior. He goes out there and he fights our battles for us. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, I had huge opposition facing me. I'll never forget one particular situation where we were trying to hire staff in our church. And we had looked and we had looked and we had looked for outside sources, you know, people from seminary and and even friends of friends that I knew might be interested in in filling these staff positions, and nothing was working. I had three people in our church come to me and say, Joe, I believe that God is calling me to fill this position and fill this ministry position and fill this ministry position. And one of them was full-time. And so we went before the church and we said, hey, I know this isn't what we talked about and what we planned, but look what God has done. And the opposition that the enemy brought against me personally and and against this whole situation was unreal. And yet, when God accomplished that, which he did, by the way, if you oppose God, you're going to lose. Okay, you just are. And when God arranged that and brought that about, the church grew. and and the church deepened in their walk and their relationship with God, and it was really cool to see. God is not wimpy. God is all-powerful, and he is a warrior who will be there to fight our wars. And we are in a war. Don't, Don't kid yourself. We're in a war. It's not against flesh and blood, okay? It is against spiritual powers of this dark age that coming against us, led by the number one enemy, Satan. And without God we're going to get beat up. Without God, we're going to be defeated. And without God, we will eventually be destroyed. But with God, we will win. We win because God is stronger than anything or anyone who can oppose him and his will working through us. And the truth is, God has really already won the war. It's really over. Satan just doesn't know it. It's like the in the war of eighteen twelve here in our country, the Battle of New Orleans, which was a huge victory for America, was actually fought after the British and the American government leaders had gotten together and were signing a peace treaty. But they didn't know that. And they still won. See, God's already won. Satan's gonna continue to fight and we have to stay in the battle. We have to realize that it's God's power that's going to win those individual victories. But God has already won the overall victory, and so we don't have to sweat that. So raise the roof and remove the walls is about letting God be our warrior who fights our battles with us. When I was a kid, I had a guy named Doug. and Doug was a bully, and Doug used to love to bully me. And and he did some rather nasty things to me. And There was an older guy in our neighborhood, and he found out what Doug was doing to me. And so one day, I was over across the street in the park, and Doug shows up, and he's fixing to bully me. And this guy, I didn't even know he was there, kind of comes out of nowhere, and he says, Doug, you touch Joe again. You're going to answer to me. Never had another problem with Doug. Not because he was afraid of me. He was afraid of this guy who says, if you touch Joe again, you're going to have to deal with me. When we are opposed, when we're doing God's will, you know what God is saying to Satan and his demons? He's saying, you touch them again, you're going to deal with me. Now, when I allow God to raise the roof and remove the walls, I become more courageous because my willingness to open myself up to God And to be transparent with others allows God to fill me with the courage and boldness of his spirit. His Holy Spirit is as as powerful as the Father and the Son because he's God. And he gives me that boldness, the boldness of Jesus. He gives me that power to work in and through me. And God has given us his word. And in his word, there are people we can look to as models of this kind of courage. Daniel as he faces the lion's did I always, when I read that, I always kind of chuckle because the king, the Persian king, who has to put Daniel and lions in a lion's den because he passed that stupid law, is more afraid about what's going to happen to Daniel than Daniel is. Daniel's pretty confident. God's got this. He's going to take care of me. And what do you got to do? He shut the mouth of those lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. They go, don't worry, king. We're not going to bow down to that because God's going to deliver. And if he doesn't, it's okay, too. We're still not going to bow. They trusted God that no matter what, he would take care of them. He got them out of there. They didn't even smell of smoke. David, as he faces Goliath, Goliath's got the the weapons, the training, the experience. And David comes and he goes, hey, dude, I come with you in the name of the Lord, which trumps your weapons, it trumps your training, it trumps your experience. And he defeated him. Andrew, as he brings everything to Jesus. He brings Peter to Jesus, no concept of what God was going to use and work in Peter's life to do. He brings a little boy with a minuscule lunch to feed thousands of people, no idea what Jesus is going to do with this, but he trusts Jesus and he brings everything to him. Philip, as Philip goes down to Samaria when the the persecution breaks out in Jerusalem, he goes down to Samaria. The Samaritans were hated by the Jews and they didn't want them to come to know God. And yet, where does God direct Philip to go? Down to, to Samaria, and what does God use? He uses Philip to bring a revival, a spiritual awakening to that nation. Barnabas, as he brings Saul to the apostles and vouches for him and says, yes, God has changed his life. Man, there had to be somewhere in the back of Barnabas' mind. "What if Saul's faking this? And he's just finding out who the leaders are. But he trusted that God had really worked in, Paul's, in Saul's life to turn him into Paul. Take time this week to read those first six chapters of Joshua and reflect on the courage of Joshua and God's people and even reflect on the courage of a prostitute named Rahab who was an integral part of the fall of the city of Jericho. Ask God to be your courage. Don't ask him to make you courageous. Ask him to be your courage. And remember, God pours his courage by his spirit in us by taking us into challenging even risky and scary places that's been brought very home to home to me over the last couple of months i want to share that with you real briefly my wife and i have been led by god this summer to go on a mission project i can't tell you where we're going i can't tell you exactly what we're going to do because it's sensitive The places we're going are not places where Christianity is looked upon favorably. And we're going to be working with people. So we can't give you details, mostly because it's very, very risky for them. But I would ask you for two things. One thing overall, please pray for us. Pray for us before we go that anxiety will not be there, fear will not be there, but God's peace and God's courage will be poured into our lives. Pray for effectiveness as we're there doing what God has called us to do, and pray for safety as we travel there, as we travel back. I am not a great flyer to go in a hollow metal tube with some stranger piloting, and it's not my idea of a good time. So pray for, for safety as we go, as we come back, and safety as we're there. But mostly pray that God would use us in a powerful way. And if God lays it upon your heart, our faith family has been so generous to help us with a vast majority of this trip. But if you would like to give, I know there have been times when I've given to get people to mission projects and I felt like I was a part of that and I had an, a, 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 a uh, it was sort of a way that I could be a part of that 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 mission. And so if you'd like to give, just Facebook me and I can give you the details of where to send the money to because you're not going to send it to us. You're going to send it to the church that's helping us church at Dubuque. But if you'd like to do that, but number one, please, please pray for us. Uh, over this next about six or seven weeks before we leave. Courageously, we're going to raise the roof and remove the walls. Will you pray with me? Father, I want to thank you for how much you love us. I want to thank you that you are the all-powerful God who will never leave us or forsake us, that you are there with us. And, Father, you don't call us to go into those difficult, those risky, those those uncomfortable situations just to put us there. You do it to grow us. You do it to use us. So help us believe that and help us to allow you, Holy Spirit, to pour in us the person of Jesus, the character of Jesus, and to be courageous people who are used for your honor and your glory, Father. Love you, praise you. In Jesus' name, I lift this to you, amen. Guys, thank you for accessing and listening today. If this spoke to you this morning, please, please do me the honor of sharing it on your Facebook page so other people can hear it and see it. I so appreciate it. Guys, I will be back next Tuesday morning, same time, same place, same station. Love you guys. Have a great week. Bye.